following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Welcome back to another episode of The Break presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, A lot of things happened this week. Uh, We got the owners meeting, a lot of news. You got Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy talking to the media. There's a lot of different topics that we'll try to hit today. But I wanted to start off with, I think, one of the things that Fans have criticized the most when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys last year. Dak Prescott and the interceptions. And I wanted to kind of ask you guys your opinions on some of the things that McCarthy said as far as how they're working through this, how they're working with the coaching changes, the the different roles here, and what they're trying to do. And Nick, you were out there. What, yeah. what did they say as far as like fixing this problem? How do they get Dak to... Be, I guess, keep being yeah. aggressive, bore, but protecting the ball well, and not throwing pr- as yeah, many Yeah, protecting the ball is obviously the key. And and basically what it starts is in, it, it's going to start up front, and we'll talk about the offensive line, but that's what they keep saying is that they've got to get him upright for 20 games. 20 games is, is the goal for, for Mike McCarthy on, on playing uh, Dak Prescott. So that's where I believe he thinks it starts, is getting, getting pass protection, pass protection. We can talk about Terrence Steele and, and Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith and all that. They're going to make sure they got five guys that can pass protect uh, because as much as they like to say they're going to run the ball, it's still pass protection. It's still Mike McCarthy in a West Coast offense, as what he referred to it several times. So um, I'll let Brian speak a little bit more about what they're going to do with the turnovers part. I mean, that's something they're, they're trying to address. But I think it does start with the offensive line. Yeah, they ta- they we learned that that uh, you know just uh, maybe several weeks ago that that Dak, Mike McCarthy, and and and. Uh, Tolzien, Scott Tolzien, the coach, sat down and they went through every single interception he had this year and then and last year and tried to pinpoint the reasons why. What were the what were the factors that led for the interceptions? What were the uh, what were the decisions that were made here? What were you seeing? I, I think that's the thing when you're um, you know when you're trying to figure things out. We always talk about the autopsy. You know, you're trying to get. You see clues. You're trying to figure out, okay, what was the cause of death here? And, you know, if you want to, in football terms, death is turnovers. You know, it, it kills your opportunity to win games. And statistically, it, you know, that's something that's always part of that. From your scout's eye, yeah. is there something – I know this – I didn't ask you ahead of time to, like, watch it go back and watch. But uh, from the season, what you remember – is there something in general that you noticed that was Dak's main problem? I don't think he sees the field particularly well at times. And there's times when you see him with when he moves to his left. I feel like when on the move he sees things a little bit better than when he's stationary in the pocket. 
you know. And I think that's where, you, if you look at the throws, and, and some of these interceptions were not his fault. I mean, when you start to talk about balls, you know, clanging off receivers or getting tipped or things like that, that's not on necessarily on Dak Prescott. But if you're all of a sudden throwing a ball down the middle of the field and you read the coverage wrong, or you don't see a safety sitting there or a linebacker on a deep drop sitting there, then that's an issue. The, the, the Really, the elite quarterbacks in the league, I believe, have that ability to see the whole entire field and anticipate where guys are going to be. You know, you, they, they talk to Aaron Rodgers about this all the time. You know, Aaron Rodgers would rather have a stationary, you know, with with his with his team now, with the Packers the way it will soon, maybe it's not going to be his team anymore, but all the movement, you know, movement is supposed to show you what's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is more of a stationary guy. He goes, I want to see just where everybody's going to be when the ball snapped. I don't want people moving around. I just want to see stationary stuff. And that way you can read that way. And I think with Dak there, even going into now eight years, there are things that he is deficient at. And, and I think reading the field at, at the absolute time. There's times where Dak, is, early in his career, would turn his back to the, de- to the defense and then have to come back, and then you're not sure – he wasn't sure where everybody was. And I think that's the biggest – he's got the arm strength, the arm talent to get the ball to where it needs to be. It's just when people get into throwing lanes that gives him the biggest problem. You know, last week – Dak, um, along with they, they were having a charity event in mm. Dallas, and he talked to the media. And one of the things he mentioned, and they made a headline. We put out an article on it. Is the time is now, basically. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting to see. You hear about the team trying to cater to Dak, build a team around Dak, and then you see people come and go. And then now, I guess the biggest awakening moment was Zeke's departure, knowing that he was drafted with him and knowing what the two built in their time with the Dallas Cowboys. Nick, when you hear something, it changed like this, all these moving parts, all these moving pieces, and again, we'll get into the O-line pretty soon. But what do you think, what else... What else can the Cowboys do to get to that level now that basically you only have Dak Prescott? Well, they can give better receivers. I mean, that's the thing. That they they quit trying to to think that that you know you're gonna find like everybody's gonna be a Miles Austin because even Miles Austin needed four years, and so you know they they this is twice that they've done it in the last five years where they've gone into a season thinking well they're off it their receivers were good enough and they weren't. I mean Noah Brown should should be a fifth receiver. And and if he's if, but if he if you're making him the second or third, yeah, he has a couple of moments here and there, but that's not what he is. And and Dak needs better than that. Dak needs better than than Jalen Tolbert that didn't play much last year, and so it needs better than than Michael Gallup every other game, maybe having a few plays here and there. So they they've got to commit more to the receiver position, and that's that's the balance here. That's the toughest part is that you're going to pay a guy this much money, and then he still needs help around him. That's that's the, the and most quarterbacks do. I mean, think about it. I mean, Kirk Cousins gets paid a lot of money. He needs he needs star receivers around him, and 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 that's that's just the fact. That's the way it is. There's only a couple guys in the league that can elevate all these other guys. 
Most of the guys need help, and I think that's what the Cowboys did by getting Cooks. Do you think it's? Uh, you still think they're going to make the same mistakes? Because what Amber was talking about earlier, that we're going to get into the offensive line, that they feel like that that's really the issue with Dak right now, or the thing that's holding Dak back? I think I think that uh, because you make a good point about the receivers. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I don't know if they share your opinion. No. I mean, and they don't share my opinion about it either. But, you know, the thing about it is they switched the offensive line coach. They took the assistant offensive line coach and made him a running backs coach. You know, they're, they're looking at potentially drafting a guard. We're not going to get into the whole thing about Tyron Smith and, yeah. and all that moving around up front. To me, it's like they haven't said anything about, oh, man, we have got to go out and get better receivers. It, it, it is The focus of this thing has been right on the offensive line. You know, and that's where I, I can say I agree with you about the better talent around him. The point that they're even talking about potentially drafting a tight end at 26 when they had Dalton Schultz and they just let him walk. And, you know, they say, well, we really like Hendershot and Ferguson and all that. But the fact that it's, you get, you're starting to hear whispers that they would consider drafting a tight end at 26, you know, it's not about the better receivers. It's really about the offensive lines, about the tight ends. And, you know, they, they committed a franchise tag to a running back, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's everything but wide receivers. And, I, and, yeah. I, and again, I don't disagree with you on, on the, the talent that needs to be over there. Yeah. But, you know, they, and they did. They, they addressed it. They got Cooks. They, they got a guy that has been at five different places now, and he's, he's had success at all, in all of them. And so I think that that, that was a scheme-friendly type of player and that, that he has bounced around a little bit and, and shined regardless who the quarterback is throwing him the ball. So I think that that's a good thing. That'll be a good fit. And not a T.Y. Hilton come in, you know, like after Thanksgiving move. Like this is a guy that could be here at training camp. So I, I like I like that move. I think Gallup's going to be better for a whole year, and he'll 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 have some more weapons. I just around feel him. what bothers me a little bit is that right now I don't feel that there is enough competition. Like I would like to get into when we get to training camp. Mm-hmm. Well, these are the group of guys, and who who's gonna be the guy? I mean, you know, you yeah. got uh, Ceedee Lamb, and you got Gallup. And you got Tolbert that's supposed to come back in and see if he does anything this year and the addition of Cooks. But is there some, you know, when you get out there, you you feel like, oh, there's all this talent. Let's see how they compete out there for at least the, the third receiver. Somebody will, though. I think somebody between Tolbert, Simi Fajoko, Cavante Turpin, somebody will make that jump. And it'll probably comes down to who's working with Dak the most this offseason. But I think I think somebody will make that. We've seen it with Cedric Wilson. We've seen it with Noah Brown. We've seen them guys make a jump. Um, but they need to make that jump into the third or fourth spot, not the number oh, yeah. two spot. You know? yeah. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about the O-line and what we heard coming out of the owners <laughs> meeting. Basically saying that they're thinking or they're looking at you know, they're looking at all options, but one of the options is working Terrence Steele at guard mm-hmm. and see how that works out and if it is a good fit to put him there. What are your, That's your a, thoughts on this? That is a that is the complete opposite of of a Jerry Jones theory that he has about offensive line play. It's a complete opposite. Jerry Jones, the one thing that I know working 14 years with him on the scouting side and then now with, you know, and being around when, with DallasCowboys.com is that 
He believed, and I, and I don't know where he got this. It could have been from Bill Parcells. It could have been from John Madden in the day. It could have been from Al Davis. It could have been from somebody. Jerry Jones fundamentally believes in the, the front of the pocket. He believes in the, the depth of the pocket is set by the center and the two guards. The width of the pocket is by the offensive tackles. They keep people wide. You keep the front of the pocket solid. You step up. That's why he's made investments. That's why they had Ron Leary here. That's why they drafted Zach Martin. That's why they drafted Travis Frederick. They've always tried to have powerful players in the front of the line. The one thing that we can say about Terrence Steele, and listen, I've been the most critical guy of Terrence Steele as a player. Terrence Steele is, a, an, a, in my opinion, an elite run blocker. When you start to talk about athletic ability and how he works with Zach Martin, I would say he's an average to below average pass blocker, and a lot of it has to do with his strength, the power, the base. We've seen him. We've seen what it's like to have a, a power-deficient left guard in Connor Williams. We've seen what that, that does for you. You know, you could be all you could be the best athlete in the world over there at guard, but if you play with a lack of power, now every quarterback in the league is affected. They can handle the stuff that comes off the edges. It's the stuff in their face that they can't handle. To me, if you told me, and I've seen some clips of Terrence Steele, looks really good moving around. You know, Duke Merriweather and those guys, they got they've got him moving around pretty well. Looks good. You know, Britt Brown, those guys, everybody to the kids' credit, working hard. But to me, if you don't have a bigger guy, and that's and that's the reason why you, this draft I think is important. There's a couple of those bodies, those 325 pound guys that are athletic that can plug in and play at that at that left guard spot. But this is this is fundamentally against everything that Jerry Jones believes when you start yeah. talking about the front of the pocket. And to be fair, Jerry Jones did not say Terrence Steele would be a guard. He said he's a tackle. He did not say he's a guard. He said that that right now he sees him as a swing tackle with Tyron and Tyler, and then we'll see how it all shakes out. Mike McCarthy said they're working at a guard a little bit. Steven said we'll see about the top five, you know, f- top five players out there, you know, all that. Personally, I think that the contract they gave Tyron Smith was more playtime incentive and and if you're going to do that then you got to give him the opportunity to get it. Now, I think everybody believes that it probably won't play 17 games. He hasn't in 6 years and even McCarthy said something very interesting. He said we haven't had the same combination since I've been here. The same starting five week to week. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at all. He goes, I'm tired of basically trying to get there. I'm now going to train ourselves on how to deal with it. So they've basically given up on this fingers crossed hope that we can have five continuity guys every well, week. Now they're just cross training everyone to play guard tackle center and and you know swing tackle fullback McGovern style and just say, hey, that's because this is the reality. Well, and history shows that's a good idea right. and a good tactic. Well, to, hit, good. to yeah, to Nick's point and to Mike's point as well is that they've won 25 games mm-hmm. being able to mis- mix match guys. We have Stephen Jones on on Fridays on 105.3 The Fan. I've asked him the question because he always heard from him, continuity, 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 continuity. I said, how are you adapting to not having continuity? And he says, I, I really haven't, but that's what we are. Mm-hmm. That's, the kind, that's what we are right now uh, as a team. And I think you have to, in this day and age, 
you have to be able to mix match your guys and be able to win games. Yeah. You can't sit there. This isn't 1973 where the same five guys played together for eight, ten years. It just doesn't happen anymore. Whether it's free agency, whether it's injury, you just don't have that. You don't have that luxury. And, you know, I, I applaud them for being able to say, okay, we can move guys around. The one that bothers me when you start talking moving guys around is I think that Tyler Smith is your left tackle. So moving him to guard and moving him back and forth, that to me doesn't seem like the he's the one guy that I would keep at left tackle and say, okay, this is my future going forward. Yeah. You know, I'll cross train everybody else to play positions. But you know, him, maybe steal the same way. You know? My question I is sorry. I disagree with that just because I think he's going to have a 10-year career, and I'm not worried about the first couple years just trying to get through this year, if if that is the five best. I mean, I get it. He's going to play left tackle. That's his spot. But if 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 I can't figure out my left guard and and I've got him there and I've got a pretty good backup and I know he can play it, then then I would I would consider it, but but not forever. You know, I think if Tyron was five years younger and then you've got three really good tackles, you got to figure that out, but because it's like Tyler Tyron is just kind of hanging on. I I I mean I, I'd rather play him at left tackle, but I, and, and draft a left guard. That's what I want to do. Right. But if if not, if your five best guys is is it includes Tyler Smith playing left guard, I would be okay with it, knowing that it's not forever. Yeah. The thing the thing that I do know, and I and I, and I think we all know, and I think Cowboy fans know this too. You give them the opportunity to draft an offensive lineman late in a draft, it works out for them. Late in the it, first round? Late in the first oh, yeah, round. Yeah, late right. in the first round. Yeah. It's a plug and play. Yeah, I mean, it is it an is. automatic plug and play for them, and it works out. It's one of the things that, you know, you say, well, tell me about how the Cowboys draft. Get them picking 25 to 28 and let them draft an offensive lineman. That's as sure of a thing that they have right now. So to me, they, they'll have that opportunity. They'll have that opportunity to say, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna help Dak Prescott because they've they've made it they've made it a point yeah. to say offensive line first. They haven't, you know, to they haven't said, hey Nick, we're gonna draft your wide receiver at 26. Hey Brian, we're gonna draft your running back at 26. They haven't said that. They're talking about what they need to do to keep Dak Prescott on the field for 20 games. Love it. That's what they're talking about. Let's go ahead and take our, our first break. When we come back, we'll keep the conversation going and then also get into some of the NFL rule changes that were spoken at the NFL owners meeting. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Get a behind-the-scenes look at all the things Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium and the Star presented by SeatGeek. Check out the locker rooms, playing fields, Super Bowl memorabilia, and more. Get your tickets today at DallasCowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break presented by Blockchain.com. There we go. Okay, before we change topics... Let, let's just keep talking about the offense a little yeah. bit uh, and getting to Mike McCarthy as the play caller. That is something that kind of was talked about quite a lot uh, at the owners' meeting. He spoke on just how the offense is going to look, not much different from what it's been, but also you are going to see some changes. So what are y'all's expectations of – what this actually going to look like with Mike calling the plays now? You know, I, I think it, it, it's it's hard to say that right now because, you know, and Brian says this all the time, as coaches, you've got to know your team. You've yeah. got to really know what you've got. So you can have a philosophy. You can say that this is going to be what I want to do. But let's see what happens in the draft. Let's see what they get. Let's. I mean, they could say we're going to have a ball control, West Coast offense, pass, short passing, and all this stuff. And then you draft the 330-pound left guard, and, and then you, you, you pick another running back up who's 230 pounds, and you're like, you know what? We might be a different offense. And so I'm not trying to avoid the question, but I do think that the smartest coaches are the ones that fit their personnel into the scheme, or I'm sorry, fit the scheme around the personnel. And I we're still not all the way there yet. So I, I still think it's a work in progress. There's an old Bob Seeger song, Ambar, way before your time. I have not even had a Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. He had a line in the song that said, Working on mysteries without any clues. That was one of the lines of his songs. And I think we're kind of there right now. I think we're working on mysteries without any clues. And uh, to me, it's, you know, this is one of those things, if, you, if we have to do June 
radio where, you know, you guys make predictions and tell me something that's going to happen in this preseason. Right. And, and, and I would say week six, Mike McCarthy, uh, week six, Brian Schottenheimer calls, starts to call plays. That would be one of my crazy throw it out there predictions. You know, like Nick loves it when you throw out like a crazy prediction, like the ball is going to bounce off someone's head and it's going to mm-hmm. catch it and they're going to win the game. You know, and Nick loves that. I'm stuff. about I'm about 10 percent. That's yeah. I'm about I'm one of 10. Yeah. So, see, that's that's kind of where the June prediction for Brian Bros is that that. By week six, Brian Schottenheimer's going to take why, over the play. Why, okay, why though? Yeah, why? What? What happened? You got to wait till June to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> what, tell no, me, I'm just kidding. Tell me what happens in week five. Then that, I, the I, week five is not going to be good. See, for the that's Cowboys. what I'm saying. I think there's going to be some times where, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're they're going to maybe have a couple of rough patches, and there's going to be a couple of games where we come on here and go, "Damn, we miss Kellen Moore here, don't we?" A little bit, you know, and you're just kind of throwing it because. The defense plays its ass off, and you lose a game. You lose a game, twenty-four to twenty. Not really, what I'm wanting, wanting to hear at this point. But that's in March, what I'm saying. There, the but, but see, there's a, there's so many questions. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know what how Mike. But, McC- what, what do you think Mike would struggle with the most as the play caller? I think I think when when you haven't done it for a while, there's a certain rhythm to a game. And maybe it's going to take him some time to get in that rhythm of that game. He's also the head coach. I mean, there's guys that are able to do this. I mean, there are some play callers, and I'd like to see the teams. You know, how how do teams that have the head coach as the primary play caller? How do they manage games? Are they a team that blows games because they don't they don't keep up with the situations in the game? I just think it's Mike McCarthy. He has so much faith in Brian Schottenheimer. And if you talk to people around the league, there's a lot of people that really do respect Brian Schottenheimer. Really do. I mean, yeah. and there's defensive players on this on this current team that respect Brian Schottenheimer because he was the guy in the Ben McAdoo role that was telling him, hey, this week you gotta watch what the Eagles do on this this RPO. Hey, you gotta watch what the commanders do when they get in this set. You know, there's defensive players that will tell you that Brian Schottenheimer was one of the reasons why they played some better defense this year. So I'm I'm okay. I just think there's going to be a time where Mike McCarthy is going to look at this and he's going to go, is some of my game management stuff slipping? And do I trust, do I trust this guy to call the plays? I think that's... It's going to be one of those tipping points where maybe a game or two doesn't go their way, and it's something that he needed yeah. to be on top of. You know, it, it, and that's a good point too. And, and and we were both here in 2003 when when <laughs> when but Parcells was here and Sean Payton was yeah. was you know the quarterbacks coach and then you know I guess offensive coordinator at some point. But no one knew who called the place. Yeah. I mean, really, you didn't. And, and I think what was happening from what we kind of heard is that yeah. Call the play, but I want to run Marion Barber here to the left side. Yeah. So I mean, you yeah. got about four on your sheet. Pick one, but yeah. you know. So who's calling the play? Is yeah. it? I mean, you're calling the play, or you know. So that might be a situation too, where McCarthy was just like, you know, I let's let's run the ball four times yeah. and, and let's let's let you know let's let Pollard have it or yeah. or whoever Ronald Jones or draft pick. Yeah, you know, see that. Yeah, you know, there, there. This could be, this could be like riding a bike for Mike McCarthy. It could absolutely do. I, I think though that he's going to have. There's going to be a certain rhythm that they're going to have to. And how much are you going to be able to get into a rhythm during 
these games in the preseason. You know, we're all terrified of injury. We all walk around mm-hmm. in Oxnard and, you know, in the beautiful weather, and then someone's laying on the field, and we just immediately just all go, oh, the no, the season's over. You know, and that's and that's where I, I think that's where I think Mike McCarthy helped Kellen Moore when Dak went down. Mm-hmm. I think I think Mike McCarthy said, "Listen, bro, we we have to do something different here. All these things that you have on that left side of that call sheet of yours, you might want to think about the little right side a little bit, a little bit more. Think about yeah. that. You know, I, I think there's some things, some suggestions and stuff that Mike McCarthy gave, but I th- there there is a lot of confidence on the staff." With Brian Schottenheimer, and you know we we've you know we'll see we'll see we have memories of Brian Schottenheimer in Seattle, and we think of his dad Marty Schottenheimer with Ladanian Tomlinson and you know Christian Okoya, and that just you know running the ball with these mammoth behemoth you know backs. That's what we think about, right, Nick? I mean, yeah. you think of Marty Schottenheimer, you know, you think of the you think of the, the Cleveland Browns with you know with big backs, just you know, Biner, yeah, Ernest Biner, Mac, yeah, Mac, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. We we don't we don't know right now, but there's a, there's a there's a side of me that thinking week six there's going to be maybe two weeks where something got away, attention to detail, and now we need to focus back. Yeah. And, then, and Nick's point yeah. is, who calls the plays? Whose lips are moving when you know the play I, goes in? You know, when you, when you listen to everything, it's like you've heard them say, you've heard McCarthy say this offseason, you know, we're going to run the ball a lot. You've heard, heard him say it's all about pass protection and we're going to throw it. Um, there's 17 games in the season. There's going to be a game where 35 points won't win it. You've got to score points. There's going to be game 17 wins it. We saw it last year. Every game takes on a life of its own, and you've got to be able to win it certain ways. That's why I always say about the bus driver, I I, I want Dak to be a bus driver. I want him to be a badass bus driver, though. I want to be a bus driver that can can get it in the HOV lane and take off if you need to, but also – Go, you know, go twenty when you, when you need to as well. That's what a game manager is. Sometimes you have to step on the gas. Sometimes you have to pull back. And I think you have to figure out ways to win in multiple ways. And so that's, you know, is this going to be a running team? It's going to be a passing team, maybe. But I mean, the, nobody's ever won a game in March in the NFL or lost a game. So that's why you don't play games right now. You can say Terrence Steele's going to do this and this yeah. and this. And at the end of the day. Terrence Steele's going to play right tackle. That's what I believe. Yeah. I think he's going to play tackle for the Cowboys. I don't know. Le- right tackle, left tackle, probably right tackle. But if he's healthy, he's playing because I think he's one of your five best. I guess we'll we'll see. We'll see. Working on Mr. Zabba I like it. Yeah. I like it. No, you, that, that's a good thought. And I agree with, however, I think I'm looking forward to seeing Mike McCarthy call the place and seeing how that what that looks like. But yeah. – I do think you're onto something about, you know, you working. It's just like working out a muscle or yeah. working out anything, anything that you haven't done in a while. Explain it's that take... to me about working out. What does that, what does that entail? <laughs> yeah. It's going to take a little bit of time to kind of get the rhythm going. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll get into the NFL rules and also the number change where players can now wear zero. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Yes, sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. For one night only, music legends Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks will perform at AT&T Stadium on Saturday, April 8th, 2023. Tickets on sale now at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Billy Joel, one time I saw him in uh, Gainesville, Florida, yeah. puts on a hell of a show. He really, really does. He, he, he was At one time he was involved with, he was doing classical music, but his, his music catalog is huge. And yeah. he came on stage one day and he goes... Folks, you know, I've been working on this classical stuff tonight. I'm playing all the damn hits. And he did. He played 20-some-odd straight songs. And if you, I always judge a concert if you could go to it. You could sing 18 of the 25 songs that they play. <laughs> if you can just, just belt them out and be bad at it. Billy Joel did it that night for me. You did it for the Backstreet Boys. Okay, yeah. so your... I did. I did for the well, that and, the, that and the, <laughs> the Miller Lights that we were pounding at that time. <laughs> Nice. That was, that was a really fun. That was fun. Fun night. That was fun. If you could go with a group of people and laugh at yourself for singing every, I don't know the words of the song, but I was acting like I did. I think it was the Miller Light that helped yeah. me that night. For sure. I was like, I don't know any Backstreet Boys song. And, Everyone and I was, was like, singing. Eight. I don't know nine. <laughs> that was fun. That was a good trip. All right. Well. <laughs> All right, Brian. Real quick, count count to three for me. Real quick, count to three. One, two, three. You do, count to three. Uno, dos, tres. Okay. So that's my point. That's how you count. You count one, two, and three. You don't yeah. count zero, one, two. I hate it. I absolutely oh, hate it. You are I so hate it. I hate this change, but it's happening in basketball. It happened in basketball. I was wondering where you it, were going with this. Right? I just think it's a, it's a zero. I told my son, you're not wearing zero for soccer. You're just not doing it. You can wear any other number. You're just not because that's a, that's a, you're a zero. You're, you're nothing. I mean, what if your bank account was zero? Is that good? I mean, like zero, I just hate it as a number. I don't like it, but it's happening. Somebody's going to do it for the Cowboys. Good fight between uh, Micah Parsons and J. Ron Curse. I saw on Twitter. They're both kind of going at it. Um, I like Curse to win that one. Who's yeah? Who's Jersey Bill? We've seen there's a history of this. 
Whose jersey bill to pay off Micah? That's Micah ridiculous. by far, right? And, and he Oof. doesn't have that second contract yet. That thing is that thing. If if yeah, Jalen Smith, happening. if Jalen Smith jersey bill was well into six figures, mm-hmm. what do you think Micah Parsons jersey well, bill is? I think it's uh, you have to it, buy them all out, right? Yeah, but but then again, I mean, let's be honest. You go to the games, you see a lot of Micah Parsons. Right, his stuff's getting sold. Right. The Cowboys whiffed on that one with 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 Jalen Smith. I mean, they just weren't buying his jersey. So yeah. there's a lot more out there. But I still think there's I still think it's going to be a hefty bill for Micah Parsons to do. He I don't made think... more money off of Jalen by selling it. To yeah, him. <laughs> um, I don't think that's happening. I mean, I think it would be probably. I know Jaron Curse has been trying to get into single digits, and you know the what the rule changes did uh, yesterday. It really helped out the equipment managers um, <laughs> around the league because it was a big problem happening. Because everybody wants a single digit, but they didn't change the quarterback or the kicker rule, so they didn't change quarterback either. But so from one to nineteen, you have to get your quarterbacks, you got to get your kickers and punters, and then you got to get everyone else that wants these these numbers. And for the Cowboys, it's even worse because eight and twelve are off the table, not happening. Offense or defense, not happening. So they added a zero, and then they and then also said the kickers can now move up into the thirty, up into the forties, and even in the nineties, which won't happen. So you're gonna see a lot of kickers wearing like 46. That's just the way it is. I remember, I remember a, uh, I remember going back way back in the day, way back in the day, is like Jim Otto with mm-hmm. the Oakland Raiders. He was a center, so his name is O T T O. He wore double zero. You know, Jim Otto was a, like an All Pro center. Ken Burrow was a wide receiver with the Houston Oilers. He wore double zero. And then there was. When a, did they change that? It they they they've had it. Those guys. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know when the rule yeah. changed. But growing up as a kid, those guys wore double zero. Double zero. The Cowboys zero. have never had a zero, right? No, I don't think so. I don't think and, so. Well. But and I also remember. I also remember like there was a punter named Walton that wore number thirty nine for mm-hmm. the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So they've had. The, the the league has had numbers that don't yeah that don't you know mesh. He probably played guard one time yeah, or something. But, like, but that. like I said, it was you know they're but, they're they're fun. Like you see college kickers, a lot of these college kickers have ninety numbers, yeah. ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety seven. You know that that's it's that's but those are primary numbers for your defensive linemen. But then you got defensive linemen. I'm watching all this draft tape and I'm watching number twenty four. 21 is this 20 number stretched into this massive, you know, 325 pound guy that's just, you know, it's just like it's painted on him kind of the thing. But that's what it is. I mean, the, yeah. these, these, these players, these defensive linemen that were like number five, number eight. You know, they wear these crazy numbers and you're like, no, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't look right. And th- and that goes to show just when you're asking what, what happened at the owners meetings. I mean, it's it's what everyone's talking about. And um, yeah, it's all over. Looks like my name. Um, but um, but you know, you, you're seeing all these all these you know all these stories about the zero. That that is not going to change the game at all. That doesn't affect the game. There's nine rule changes. Some of them will, but the one that everyone's no, we'll talking about is not going to make any <laughs> difference in the game, which is which is good. I mean, that just goes to show that well, there's not a lot of crazy rule changes. Yeah, the the funny, yeah, the the owners had a good time there at the Biltmore. I think is what you're saying right there. <laughs> the uh, the thing about it, Deion Sanders said something pretty funny. He was talking about jersey numbers and mm-hmm. how you earn jersey numbers and where all the zeros and stuff like that. He goes. 
if you're a guy in college that used to have a double, if you were a double number guy, like a double, like you you shared a number with somebody oh, else. Yeah, yeah. You ain't playing. Right. You're you're a scrub. You ain't. I mean, he didn't use the word scrub. Yeah. But, I mean, you're you're not. If you had your number was with somebody else's number, you probably were the guy that wasn't going to play. It happens mm-hmm. here too. Yeah. You know, it happens with the Cowboys. Also, if they give you seventy four in training camp, not good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Well, you're not you going to keep it. Yeah. If you make the team, you're going to wear. Yeah. You're going to end up getting but, yes another number for sure. But um, and and you know another. Wait, are you surprised how quickly they gave away Zeke's number? That 21 lasted all of like, yeah. it wasn't even, it was still warm. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. I, not that I didn't expect it eventually, but, but yeah. that, how quick that it, happened. That thing went like, okay, well, let's clean out his locker. And they're, you know, their Bucky's boxing up everything. And the next thing you know, it's you know, boom, here's a new 21. And, yeah. and, and, I, and the reason why it goes back to the single digits. Hey, yeah. He wanted a single digit. Yeah. And it's like, we don't have anything yet. Yeah. And then it was Cooks wanted a single digit. Curse wants a single digit. I think uh, Nashawn Wright wants a single digit. And it's like, okay. You know, so so he was like, oh, I'll take 21. Like, okay, 21. And, and you know, and, and then number three, I mean, Anthony Brown, he's an unrestricted free agent. I guess he's, he's definitely not coming back now. Yeah. You know, they, they gave his number away, uh, which that writing was on the, the wall there. They, they traded for Gilmore. He's, he's, he struggled the last year before his injury. Then he got hurt, you know. Two things I was really wrong about last season was him having a breakout because I thought him and Armstrong were going to be breakout guys. I thought I thought Anthony Brown was going to be what Deron Bland was this year mm. for, for your team. Him and then the thing about Terrence Steele, you know. Those are the yeah. two ones. Those are those June – all right, make a prediction. Things you know, well, they're sure did, to go wrong. You said Dorrance Armstrong would have a breakout year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was he one of the he, him and. But I thought Brown. I thought Brown was going to be. I thought he was going to be bland. The, the interceptions and yeah. making plays I mean, and stuff like that. The thing about going back to let's go. Let's glass half full. Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy that had eight eight sacks, blocked a punt, blocked a field goal. I mean. There's no one in the league doing that, yeah. and, and that that goes number one. It goes this guy can get to the quarterback and make plays. Number two, he also is willing and good at special teams. You don't see a lot of guys getting yeah. eight sacks that are also like, yeah, coach, I'll put me in on special teams. Yeah. Um. So that that's that's a weapon right there. Having a guy like that that can that can dip underneath and and block punts and field goals and stuff like that, and then also play on defense. Can I ask a real quick question? Do you guys feel like that they're set at, at edge? That they're set at defensive end, because you know in the draft we're always talking about oh would they take yeah you know would they take Nolan Smith a defensive end from if he would if he were to fall he's one of the best testing defensive ends he's a really really good player but would you do you think that they're set at defensive end to the point that they wouldn't draft one at twenty six I think teams I think that and I think that when you look at like what the Giants did fifteen years ago I don't think anyone is ever set at defensive end. Because if a pass rusher is there, I just remember the Giants going, yeah. we have O.C. Umanyora, we have Strahan, we have Tuck, and then, you know, Kiwanuka was there or yeah. whatever. They're like, take him. Yeah. You know, or, you know, or um, no, the JPP was yeah. there. And, and, and they're like, we're still, we're going to take him. Yeah. You always will take more defensive. So I don't think teams would ever say they were set at defense. See, I, I just wonder with, you know, with Fowler, you know, coming yeah. back and then Armstrong and then, you you know, you got all these. You got One all year these, deal for Fowler, right? Yeah, right. Armstrong's done after this year. Yeah. Parsons. So maybe, maybe it's. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're 
It's the same thing positions. with corner. It's the same way. Probably. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. There's, I feel like there are several positions that we talked about talk about on here, and we're like, take him, yeah. take him. Yeah. But so I was gonna ask you guys real quick, what would be those main positions where you are like definitely take the guy? Because we talked about. I want, I want guard. I want a guard or a tackle. I want another okay. Tyler Smith, and just solidify. Keep giving me big guys in the front. That's what I want. That, I don't know if that will mess things up or make things better, really. But, I mean, the guard makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The, the one thing, like I said, and I said it very early in the show, that you let them draft a late-round, first-round offensive lineman, it's usually a plug-and-play mm-hmm. guy, and, and they have no problem with that. They have no problem with that. So if that's the thing, you know, take that position and then move on in the second round and go from there. You know, Start your draft off with something, you know, get a good solid pick, and then – and then do some damage from that point on. Yeah, and if that, and if it, if Tyron Smith stays healthy, and if Tyler Smith is is good at left tackle, and they have a guard, and mm. t- Steele's healthy, and all that, Terrence Steele is going to wear out the ref when he comes in every play yeah. and says seventy eight is reporting yeah, eligible, eligible yeah. and that is your blocking tight end, and and you're just going to have six offensive linemen and just steamroll people. That. That that's not the worst thing in the world that that could happen too. So if if you have this luxury of offensive linemen, then Terrence Steele can play play that. Position. I would draft a guard just to keep Terrence Steele from having to play guard because I think he's that good at tackle. I do too. But the top position, if still available, running back. Man, don't get me started because what happens no. is what happens. I get. I think B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas, is one of the best players in the draft, regardless of position. I get in I get in discussions with folks about this all the time. You know, you can't take a running back. You can't take a running back. A running back's career, you can't take mm-hmm. a running back. I think Stephen Jones said it well. There's a difference between taking a running back at four and taking one at 26. There is a difference mm-hmm. there. I think you just take – if that player right there, it's B. John Robinson can help your team immensely. Now, I will also say this, and we're about to do the draft show after this one. Rounds one through five, there are some quality running backs in this draft. So if you met the argument and you wanted to say, well, Brian, I don't need to take one in the first round, I would say, okay, fair deal. And there's been some drafts where you can't say that. This one you can. Absolutely. All right, and with that, I mean, we didn't even get to the rules, but there's really there, not much going on. There. The only one that was Review interesting those fourth was down plays, yes, right? those fourth down. Yeah, a failed fourth down attempt is now reviewable by the the officials uh, up top, just like a scoring play or a touchdown. That that was kind of interesting. They they did yeah, not like they did sure. not vote for the onside kick. Um, Had a good time there at the Biltmore, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I mean, let's. This is. Cowboys talk here yeah. and all that Cowboys break, uh, you know Washington, oh, Baltimore, yeah. Green Bay. Little those stories storylines kind of took over everything else, which yeah. is nice. It was, it was good. All right, and with right. that we end the show. The cucumber water good, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You try strawberry water or cucumber water? Oh yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Cucumber water. That's right. <laughs> refreshing it is very refreshing stick around the draft show is coming up next <laughs> so stay tuned for nick eatman brian Bradas, and amber garcia this has been the break on dallascowboys.com radio this has been a production of dallascowboys.com and the dallas cowboys football club how about this cowboys